Welcome to Syracuse On Stage, a podcast that pulls back the curtain and explores the process of creating theater in the heart of central New York. We will go behind the scenes with various artists and creators making theater at Syracuse Stage and beyond. I'm your host, Melissa Crespo, the Associate Artistic Director of Syracuse Stage, and we are recording from WCNY's gorgeous studio. I am so excited to welcome my two guests, Ty Defoe and Joanne Yarrow. Hello. Hello. <laughs> In harmony. <laughs> Ty, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are? Sure. So, bonjour, Saguli, everyone. Ty Defoe, Indigenous Cause, Waswaganan and Dunjabama, Gizan and Dodem. I said hello, greetings. Uh, my name's Ty. Um, my pronouns are just he, him, his, or Ty. And I'm from the Oneida and the Anishinaabe tribal nations. I am Turtle Clan as well as Eagle Clan. And I identify as an interdisciplinary artist. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, being a playwright and writer on this piece for Backstory. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Joanne. Hi. Um, hola. I'm going to start with that. I am the <laughs> uh, Director of Community Engagement and Education at Syracuse Stage and also the director of this exciting backstory um, collaboration, which has been in the works for now for a few months. And it is truly an amazing process to be working with community, to be seeing a brand new play come to life um, here at, you know, with Syracuse Stage and with our community in central New York. Oh, yes, thank you. So we have a lot to talk about because Ty, you're here for two things at the same time. <laughs> uh, so Ty is here working on his piece, Our Words Are Seeds, which is part of Backstory and part of the Cold Read Festival of Newark this week in Syracuse. But we'll get all into that and what that means. But first, Ty, I want to know what inspired you to write Our Words Are Seeds and tell, tell everybody what, what's it about and where it came from. Sure. So Our Words Are Seeds, as Joanne was mentioning, is a collaboration with community. And I was really interested when I got the call from Syracuse Stage was about um, this idea, what does it mean to, um, as it relates to identity? What does it mean to write something as it relates to home and coming home? So on my mother's side, I am uh, of the Oneida Nation. And this is a aspect, I think, of my identity I was really thinking about exploring as an adult um, as a way to connect more to a culture, as a way to connect more to land, as a way to connect more to water. Um, I was really inspired when I came for a visit in Syracuse about Onondaga Lake, um, the um, immense amount of beauty of how water can connect all people from all facets of life. And also, I, I grew a little bit um, disenchanted by the water because of uh, the, the pollution that's involved with the lake. And, you know, what a hotbed, what a place to lean into, I think, um, as it relates to things that we need to raise awareness about, that we need to seek answers for, and also, overall, really thinking about what are the ways that we can give back to land, give mm -hmm. back to the waterways, to create peace among people, but all parts of life, including relatives, such as the two-legged, four-legged, winged, and the rooted. So I was really inspired by this lake, and I'm 
really inspired by youth. I'm really inspired that the hope and the radical, just authentically themselves that youth bring about to life currently. And so this story is told from the perspective of a young Horido Shoni individual um, who identifies as Indigiqueer Two-Spirit that's seeking answers from their community, from themselves, uh, in order to create this ongoing relationship with the earth. Mm, wow, Indigiqueer. Yes. I love that word. <laughs> I, I've never heard that word until this project. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, one's relationship to the land. So the story um, is the structure of a braid, and so it also braids uh, history's past with contemporary times so that we can, you know, live on into the future. Wow, amazing. And you have very expertly weaved a lot in a very short play. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) The power of theater. (laughs) Which leads me to why it's a shorter play, because it's part of Syracuse Stage's backstory. So Joanne, that's your department. Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners what is the backstory program at Syracuse Stage? So the backstory program was a program created to kind of be curriculum adjacent for middle schools and high schools, and initially about people who are no longer covered in those curriculums. Like, and also a way to introduce history or important people in a way that you didn't have to read it in a book or have a test about it or those kinds of things. And what would it look like if um, James Baldwin walked into your school and just talked to you as a young man leaving this country for the first time? And I think that that's what it is. All of these people in history are just ordinary people in extraordinary moments and extraordinary times, which I think we are right now in extraordinary times. So how do we, in essence, um, really give young people a little bit of hope, as you said before, but also inspire them, tell them that they are activists, tell them to kind of get through the lies of what's being thrown at them, help them navigate as they enter adulthood, as they're in adulthood, um, by kind of sharing a, a person up on stage, a live person that they get to kind of also interact with after the show, and just say, hey, I, I did it. This is how I manage my own resilience. This is how we're going to continue doing it. So it's been really successful. We've done other people or groups of people in the past. This is a very unique uh, experience with Thai because uh, in indigenous communities, it's not just about one person. It is about community. Um, but also, we're not just one. You know, Thai is of two different nations. I'm of two different nationalities. We're now more mixed than ever. Melissa, you have got a mix of, <laughs> of international countries. I am Latin so. America. <laughs> you are, right? But from Connecticut, you know. <laughs> So what does that mean in terms of our identity and in terms of young people and why we need to, if we're looking at the land, it's not just the piece of ground we're standing on, but the globe, because the whole globe is on fire right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you brought up James Baldwin because you have another piece in our backstory catalog Mm -hmm. about him. And then what's the other piece? So yeah, we have uh, Annie Easley, which actually goes on national tour uh, starting October 31st. And it is about the first African-American woman to work for NASA. 
James Baldwin, which is a filmed version of the Backstory Tour that we did during the pandemic. Um, you know, you would, I was surprised that people didn't know about James Baldwin when we put this, him in the schools. Um, and Annie Easley, who not just was the first African-American woman, but also started the NASA Ski Club and was a civil rights activist and was a ballroom dancer and was the first woman to wear pants <laughs> wow. to work, I didn't know that. right? <laughs> and little tiny wow. things like that. That's awesome. Because they're human beings, and I think that that's where we want to go back to. You know, whoever is part of Backstory just comes out and says, I'm a human being like you and I'm going through extraordinary times. And I think identity is such an important topic right now because of, you know, if you were to ask me, who am I? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm a bunch of things. And it evolves over It time. evolves <laughs> and I like the idea of the braid because like you're a braid of nationalities and I think that that is also important. Like how do we create uh, identity moving forward? And is backstory always a, a, a one-person show? Yes, it's always a one-person show because that makes it easier to get into the schools. Mm. Um, we specifically go into middle schools and high schools. We There is a study guide online, which is on our website, um, which really helps the teachers get into discussions. We do a talk back after the show. Um, but yeah, it's 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 live theater, but it's also interactive. Mm. And I think that um, making it a one-person show makes it easy to travel both locally and nationally. So it's really, really great. So we tour, for Backstory this season, it tours in February, correct? correct. And people can book the show, Ty's show, right now if they want, in yes. their middle school or high school. And I think it's really important because we know... I mean, we know a lot about our history, but history, right? <laughs> Let's get to history. And so what do we know of about the, the land on which we stand on? We do land acknowledgments, but do we really know yeah. who that is connected to? And why is that history not part of the curriculum? Why do we not know about the Haudenosaunee Confederacy as part of the curriculum of our schools? What are, there's, It's just, you know, it's just knowledge. And, and in essence, it gives you more power and gives you access. We were learning the other day about how Onondaga Lake is the seat of democracy in this nation. Wow. Right? Be before... Uh, before Columbus came, right? And so how do we explain that? How do we show that also um, the uh, Native nations are just as much of a soap opera and a comedy show <laughs> as any other family, um, modern, uh, fun, funny, um, just been fantastic connecting um, with this community and finding out, hey, this is so great that we get to work together, that Syracuse stage really says, hey, this is a part of what uh, Central New York is all about and what a rich history we have. Yeah, so so this, in, in, in line with what you're saying, it sounds like this is not a typical playwriting experience. It's not just tie at a computer, writing down all of his, you know, muse, visions, and then giving it to an actor and to Joanne, the director, and saying, go, you have been working in many different respects of 
how to create this. So can you talk about that a little? Oh, absolutely. And underscore collaboration. <laughs> it is, you know, not one person knows everything, but together we know a lot. We mm. look at history, right? There are certain aspects that have been silenced or forgotten for very specific reasons. And so the collaboration, going to the community, creating conversations and dialogues at the various schools, um, high schools, as well as with community stakeholders, has been really uh, an important aspect to this process in particular. And one individual, um, after reading some tribal newspapers, um, doing a lot of research at the Smithsonian's, unveiling um, and uncovering history that was lost. So we are in the process even right now during this week being here um, with an individual whose letters that were recovered essentially and that individual's name is Mary Winder who wrote letters since the 1920s that was in conversation with the United States government in request for land back Mm. which was really phenomenal at the time when you think from 1920 and every decade thereof someone was writing a letter that was female identified to you know in service of their people and so this also became you know the genesis about creating activism within the peace with the youth about asking hey what do you want to see in the future as it relates to land back how are you viewing the water for the future and what kinds of things should adults and the government be in service of you? Wow. So um, so that has been really uh, an eye-opening experience, being in these conversations with young people, as well as adults who have, <laughs> right, may not know all the information mm-hmm. um, for specific reasons. So that has been a huge learning experience in the process. I've gone to visit the Scano Center, um, talking to... Um, the visitor center there. Mm-hmm. I've been going for walks around the lake. Joanne and I have been having numerous bowls of corn soup. <laughs> We've been <laughs> working with our d- very good corn soup, <laughs> <laughs> testing them all out, all the food. Um, we've been talking to botanists in the local area, including Dr. Wall, um, Robin Wall Kimmerer, um, with our dramaturge, Kate Leslie, who's been, been amazing. so amazing, just galvanizing the community together to piece this information like a quilt together mm. so that I can go in and really listen to what story needs to be told. Yeah, wow. and, and also uh, Jeannie Shenandoah, who collaborated with Syracuse Stage on a piece that Tai and Ping Chong put together, has been kind of our um, clan mother, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's very interesting because she's such an incredible activist for, lake, uh, for Onondaga Lake, um, getting it cleaned up, but also the thousand acres that was recently returned back um, you know, as recently as within the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I know that you're going to get a chance to walk uh, part of that land as well. So we've been walking on a lot of land, and it just means something completely different when you have um, someone really explain to you the this land in a complete, it just looks, it's like putting on, you ever seen those commercials where they put on the glasses, where the color chrome glasses, where they can see color for the first time? That's how I feel. Like, <laughs> like I've been driving down this road and all of a sudden I have those, yeah. those glasses on and I can really see the deep richness and the color and, and uh, the whole, there's a whole other world of story there. 
Yeah, it's like the we went for a drive yesterday, for mm-hmm. example, and these rocks become beings. They contain stories from thousands and thousands and thousands, all dating all the way back to glacial times. And so as we're putting our hands on this rock, as we're visiting the land, the stories are there. Mm. And I feel like I'm just somewhat a vessel to assist in creating these stories to life so that others can really learn from what has always been here. And we were lucky because Ty got to meet uh, Mary Winder's grandchildren. Yes. So that was cool. We had lunch with them. That was awesome. (laughs) Several generations of the descendants of this individual that persisted through the course of history. Um, And they also um, steward Michelle Shenandoah, uh, the Rematriation Project, Mm -hmm. which is a local community organization talking about giving land and stories uh, back to the mother, back to Mother Earth. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is, this is amazing. And part of the wonderful reason that you're here, in addition to just working on Backstory, is the Cold Read Festival. So uh, when I heard you were creating this piece, and Ty and I go way back. Way back, way <laughs> back. Way back. I, and I, I was hearing all about Joanne, from Joanne, what you're doing. I was like, oh, I think you need more time together. And so when we were forming the Cold Read Festival for this season, and I inherited it from Kyle Bass, our former associate artistic director, who's now our resident playwright. And so, you know, I was. They were said. They were. I was told, Melissa, cr- make the Cold Read Festival, and I was like, Oh gosh, I don't know. But you were the first artist that seemed like a no-brainer to say, Hey, let's bring Ty and give him more opportunities to do the work on the ground that he needs to do. And we created a new category for you, which is called In Process, which means it's a play in process that will be produced in this season. So it's a, it, it all just really came together very fortuitously. And so uh, just so everybody knows, <laughs> the Cold Read Festival is a week-long festival of new work. And it's readings of plays that haven't even been heard ever, Some, most of them anyway. So... Ty, yes. what does a new work festival provide for, mm. for writers? Because there's many around the country. Uh, some of them have disappeared because of COVID and money. Yeah. Um, but what is the value of workshop time for mm. artists? Wow. Workshop time <laughs> <laughs> is gold. It is a gift. It is the values, I think, which speaks to ethics in terms of how things get made. Mm. You know, I want to underscore ethics in this case Mm. because when you are in conversation with community, Mm -hmm. especially a community that is your neighbor that has historically been silenced because of genocide, forced assimilation and colonization, um, trust cannot work at the speed of colonization. Yes. And so the value and ethics that Syracuse Stage and workshopping has gifted me, I feel, is time. Time. What a valuable resource in terms of being in dialogue with community, not saying, hey, here's the play I've written from my computer. and About you. Know, you. About <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and here it is. What do you think about it? It's actually like really asking really tough questions 
um, to myself as an artist who is weaving stories together, um, to community members that maybe mm. need some healing to galvanize together to know what peacemaking is and could be. And it's really um, providing, you know, that inspirational piece for youth about evolving culture forward so that future generations to come can really understand in this moment in time with something like a play that can also be a part of history. Mm. So those are some things I think that a workshop is immensely valuable for. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that one of the things that story provides specifically and I think Cold Read is such an important festival because we do want to inspire new works. We do want to hear new voices. And even the people who come to listen to inspire them to continue writing and continue telling their story. But one of the things that when we went to the, at the beginning of the process, when we were asking, what is important to you? And everybody said, we are not extinct. We exist. We exist. And I think that is the power of storytelling. It's bringing back to existence um, people's lives. And mm. uh, regardless whether it's Ty writing it or any of the other playwrights coming in, plus the amazing um, forums and panels you have mm -hmm. together, writers are just so important. Artists are so important because they are the ones that continue our existence on this planet. We were here. Somebody wrote about us. Somebody painted us. Somebody wrote a piece of music about us. We are here because artists make sure that we continue to exist. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, because most artists are desperate for time and time requires resources. And so what Syracuse Stage does is provide a plane ticket or, you know, a train ticket to travel to Syracuse. We hire your collaborators, directors, actors, stage managers, and all of that costs money. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's not a, a super attended, uh, festival and we want it to be bigger. Um, and so uh, I, I I love transparency. And so I want people to know that this is not, you know, a, a big money making thing for Syracuse. It's an investment. Yes. It's an investment in stories. It's an investment in art that we are going to have forever. And it can't be done without a week like Cold Reap. Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And and in addition, Syracuse Stage has the Young Playwrights Festival. Anybody who's a young playwright, anybody who loves writing, should come to Cold Read. And because not only do they get to hear the readings, but also to listen to the process after the fact, right? There's, um, like you said, forums and panels and all this other stuff. But writing is hard. And also, <laughs> people can see well, your show. It's hard. People can see your reading on this Saturday, Ty. Yeah. yeah. But then it might change. In February, when it comes in February. Oh, absolutely. And that's another amazing gift that a, something like a workshop affords is this um, notion for someone like me who identifies like um, myself in terms of like being indigenous and, you know, indigo-queering. It's offering the opportunity to experiment, mm. right, where it's not a job where I like pump out pages of work, <laughs> but actually there's a, a value and it's 
seeing the work for what it is and there's a type of integrity to it. So I'm able to sort of do the work that I need to do to story weave together and to also create my own um, sense of being and sense of place. Um, within the work itself so I'm so excited about this piece (laughs) I cannot wait for it and to just hear what others think about the piece as well as being inside of the piece this week as we go into rehearsal oh yay so before we go uh Ty you are a multi-hyphenate genius (laughs) (laughs) I'm your biggest fan and uh what else are you working on Wow, so many pieces, but a couple. I'm actually working on a piece called Skeleton Canoe, Mm. which is uh, examining sustainable materials through the lens of puppetry. Cool. Yeah, so the story um, talks about a a young person named Nobbin that's viewed through an elm bark mask who has a relationship with a canoe. So I'm examining materials, and this is a story that talks about uh, water, but also talks about um, transportation, how one comes from a land and then how one comes to a land. Um, another project I'm working on, too, is called Trans World. That's, it's, it's a comedy. It's six trans strangers from different walks of life come together to live in a house with each other and all the drama that and comedy that ensues in an episodic like this. Yeah. So these are two projects. And then... Wait, are they appearing anywhere? Yeah, one just got completed at the Breaking the Binary Festival in New York City. Awesome. So we had a reading for that. that. Um, and then if folks want to view some of my other work that's in VR and XR, I'm doing a project called Anaquad that's looking at the Sleeping Bear Dunes, a national park on the shores of Michigan, where actually the Oneida people landed in Wisconsin and met Anishinaabe people. And it's examining the story through uh, an Oculus headset. Um, the future is now. The, story. the future is now. <laughs> it is alive and well. Wow. So, yeah, they can come and check out that project at Quills Fest. That's going to be online um, through the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. You are so cool. Uh, (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both for being here today. This was so much fun. And uh, you can attend in-person readings at the Cold Read Festival at Syracuse Stage this weekend, Friday, October 21st to Sunday, October 23rd. Ty's piece is going up Saturday, October 22nd at 2 o'clock. Tickets are free for subscribers and only $5 for non-subscribers. Visit our website, syracusestage.org. And to book ties, our words, our seeds at your middle school or high school, visit our website. Syracuse Stage is produced in partnership with WCNY, an original music composed by Luther Masanto.